What about physical health? What attracts you to be physically healthy? Will I start? Yeah. Okay, I'll start. I'll kick things off. I don't mind. Um, not a lot, if I'm honest. I've never been particularly interested in physical health. However, um, I, I was never, I've never been particularly interested in sports, as I was saying before. Um, so therefore, for me, it was always like, there was nothing really to sort of drive me to get involved in that sort of thing, despite a lot of my friends playing football, rugby, that sort of thing, until... I was like 18, 19, and I discovered snowboarding. I was like, finally, a sport that I actually enjoy. However, every time I did it, it nearly killed me. Like, I mean, come the end of the week, I was like dying. Um, and then it got to a point where obviously I was getting older and a bit more rotund. And I would go on ski holidays and duly embarrass myself in front of my friends because my inability to get down a slope without wheezing my way to the bottom um, and I decided now with my kids I'll get I'll try and get more healthy interestingly though I'm not trying to lose specifically lose weight or change my body shape I just want to be more healthy and be able to get down a slope without wheezing my way to the bottom and wanting to die so is that how you're defining healthy <clears throat> yeah like, I, I don't particularly interested in changing what I eat. I don't want to suddenly become like ripped with a six pack. I couldn't care less. Um, I'm assuming that my wife likes me the way I am because that's pretty. I'm pretty much the same. I'm maybe a little bit fatter. Pretty much the same as when we got married. So I'm making an assumption she doesn't want someone with a six pack and massive muscles because I never had that in the first place. Um, so yeah. That's kind of my take on it. I don't know about you guys. I think um, one of the things that you touched on was with kids, you want to stay healthy for your kids. And I think this time in my life, certainly that's something that was highlighted for me. It was like very important for me. Um, again, going back to when we were growing up, our parents, they never got into phys physical activity, it was just work. You know, they were the man of the house went to work, he came home. They didn't do all that nonsense sport, nonsense waste of time. Um, so, you see, especially in our culture, the people have problems, it tends to be a large percentage of uh, folk that have heart problems because they don't take any physical hobbies, activities, they just work and come home, and that can be stressful, and also, with the kind of food intake that we have, with the oils and the ghees and whatever else and the curries, and that's not healthy for you if you're not actually physically doing anything. So it's very common, and I've heard that, and, and, and I'm aware of it, um, that a lot of the older generation have uh, health problems that could be avoided, um, but just because of the culture their ideas of, you know, how their lifestyle, they, they, they kind of fall, fall into the part of their lifestyle. That just wasn't a thing, physical thing. Um, so come to the age that I'm at now, I'm more aware of that. 
but before that I think physically yeah I enjoyed sport um, any activity it was sporty I would partake in it I just as, as an active boy I just loved running around and bouncing about to be honest um, I didn't really have a particular sport um, that I was more keen on than than, than another um, until my teens and then I got into football and I realised I was quite good at football but the, the interesting thing is, is I never actually watched football on TV like I wasn't into uh, supporting a team um, and my friends would talk about you know what happened in the Premier League what happened to the Scottish League and stuff but and it was I was out of those conversations I I was like all right and sometimes I'd pretend that I that's right I watched it no I didn't but it was just to feel like you're part of this um, but I enjoyed football I really thoroughly enjoyed it I, 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 I realized that um, I was quite good at it and it's something you're good at you enjoy so I've continued that up till now obviously less so uh, now and I, I'm, I'm feeling I was playing not long ago and I can feel it in my legs. It takes me a whole week to recover. I'll play like on a Tuesday and then the following week is when I've recovered and I'm playing again. It literally takes a whole week for me, my body to recover. But I'm very persistent and I'm very persistent simply because um, it's not a case of, oh, it's sore, I shouldn't do this and I'm going to cut back or I'll do it twice a week. I push myself simply because... I want a certain standard of physical health, you know, ability that I, I can kind of maintain. Um, and I think that's important for me to stay healthy for my family as well as just for my own well-being. Because um. I notice it when we'll be out and about, me and my wife will be out and about. So we got three kids, but um, one of them's three years old and the other one's eight months old. Yeah. And like, you know, when you've got a baby and a toddler, yeah. like, it actually is, like, really helpful to, to be able to, like, hold one of them and still be able to control the other one. Do you know what I mean? Like, because he's like, oh, you know, and you're like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. And matter times where my wife, you know, she's a lot smaller than me and, and she's like, I can't, you know, I can't do that. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I'll stick the little one on, on the baby carrier. Yeah. So it'll be, like, strapped to my tummy. Yeah. You don't have bags, and, uh, you know. Whereas, like before, obviously, before going to the gym and actually trying to get a bit more physically healthy, like yeah. I think I would have struggled with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, from a just from a practical point of view, yeah. like I say, it's not about. Certainly, it's not about going to the gym and taking photos in the mirror. It's yeah. about like see when I'm trudging upstairs with a baby and like yeah. shopping bags and, and a pram. Like, I need to be able to do it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's like actually useful as a, a thing to be able to do. Um, maybe that's just me that only wanted to do practical things, do you know what I mean? Like, there needs to be a purpose, like... This interest you're saying about looking in the mirror, ripped and all that. I remember when I was growing up, Bruce Lee was one of the guys really? I was inspired by, and he was ripped, you know, and I thought, I want to be him, yeah. you know, and getting, like, dumbbells, I don't know, from where borrowing them, trying it, and I'm only, like, 12 or 13, I'm, <laughs> going back into the mirror and seeing what's happening, you know, why is this not happening, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was, I think, that phase, but it never really got, like, vain, if you know what I mean, like, I wanted 
women to be like, whoa, look at him, look at his body, he's a, his body's a temple, nothing like that kind of nonsense. It was more inspired by certain... Just trying to replicate. Replicate an idol, yeah, a role model, per se, that kind of way. But it never got beyond that, thankfully. <laughs> I think a funny thing happens when guys talk about physical health. We always end up talking about sport um, mm. very, very quickly. And um, I've always wondered about why that is. But then, you know, Luke, you said it right in the start of this conversation, you're not really interested in physical health as such. And, and in my experience of, of working with different men, around this i think it's true for many many men they just they just don't think about uh the mechanics of health rather than physical activity or, or sport because that's practically how we tend to make it happen and the research you know backs that up nowadays that physical activity very very good for your health good for your mental health um but it is an easier topic to talk about i think um, and, and myself included, I mean, the only time I've ever really done exercise for the sake of doing exercise was in my 20s. I used to run quite a lot um, and go to the gym. And I've always thought with me, it's been who are the crowd of people that I'm hanging out with. So in my 20s, the people I worked with all went to the gym and went running. And it was easy to join in with that. There was always somebody to do it with. Um, and then when I moved up to Scotland, um, the crowd of people that I fell in with did no exercise at home. <laughs> and they weren't all Glaswegians, so it's not a comment on Glasgow. Um, and I did the same, and I was, you know, I was quite pleased about that, to be honest, because exercising for the sake of it is, uh, is quite dull, I find. Um, but like you're saying, you know, the, the physical activity that's involved in being a dad, of humping bags about and carrying children and folding up prams um for me that's a useful way of exercising and it and you don't actually think about the exercise then you you're doing the activity and it keeps yeah. you active um but i would certainly agree that i've had that feeling too about my kids i can't really afford to be um moving into the age that i am and, and becoming uh not able to do things that they want to do with a boy of eight he's like a powerhouse mm -hmm. um you know and to keep up with him running is difficult already so um, so yeah for me it's the same motivation that you know you don't want to limit what they can do or, or provide a bad example i think um i want them to be interested in keeping active and enjoying things you can do outside Especially now everybody's on screens all the time yeah. and they've got massive thumbs and sore necks. Um, it would be great to have them out doing, you know, walking and cycling. And we live near the sea, so there's always the beach to explore. But yeah, I think health and, and fitness as its own contained topic is, is not that interesting unless you're into the mechanics of it as a, in, from a medical sense. Um, it would seem anyway, open to be improved wrong. <laughs> what are some of the messages that each of you have received when you were growing up that led to your opinion or definition about health and physical activity, if any? So when I was growing up, I was, and still am in some respects, 
quite a weak kid. And sports was the kind of thing that was done in the cold, in winter, you know, <laughs> where you were just made to wear some flimsy tops and shorts and all that kind of thing. It was absolute bloody hell. Mm. Uh, and that gave me a, a complete aversion to physical exercise, mm. really up until about the age of 40. It wasn't helped by the fact that as the weak, skinny kid, um, you would be the person who was tripped up, pushed into the dirt and all that kind of thing. So I just had this complete, you know, not doing it. It's not, it's just not for me. And that's kind of stayed on. Um, and it's only in the last couple of years that I've started to, to change that. And I'm, but I still wouldn't play, play a game of football or anything like that. Um, my exercise comes in the form, or it did, of hot yoga, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is terribly unmanly. Um, but my God, it shift, both shifted the pounds, made me supple and made me healthier in my own right. Is that where they have like a room that's like a sauna pretty much? Yes. Like really hot? And Absolutely. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it, it's, it, they usually do it as a, as a mixed class and I have to say it is one of the most unerotic mixed classes you could ever go to because you're just thinking you're going to die. <laughs> you spend the whole time going, oh, make it stop. And it's 90 minutes of this, you know, what you would consider to be a really easy kind of exercise, but no, after about 15 minutes, you think, no, 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 no. But it's actually, I mean, I, for me, that was, that was, that was really good. And it, it's, it's, so I think it, it was a case of finding what actually worked yeah. for me as well. And it wasn't in terms of competitive sport, I've never yeah. been particularly competitive. Yeah. Um, so thinking back through to some of the messages, I think, um, exercise was competitive. And I'm not competitive. Mm. I, had a similar, I had a similar experience in school. Like I was always the kid that was picked last. Because yeah. I, was, I was rubbish at all the sports. Yes. <laughs> um, and it was just miserable. It was, it was just a miserable existence. Yeah. I hated PE with a passion. Um, and it was like, you know, yeah, I get changed in these hideous, horrible, cold changing rooms. Mm with all these other lads, it was all bravado, and it was like, you're supposed to go and get showered yes. completely naked yes. with all these guys that frankly, I mean, I hated school, and I really had quite a disdain for probably the majority of the people in my school, and that's not even just my year. Um, I don't mind saying that. Um, so there was absolutely no way I was gonna get undressed and go and shower. So then I refused. So I'd be like, nah, not doing it. Um, and then obviously get ridiculed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think that stuff totally gets ingrained as a kid. And it just, it's like really deep set. Yes. And so then later on in life, I was the same. Like my exercise had to be on my terms. Yes. Like really on my terms. Yeah. And you know, even friends and my wife would be like, oh, you know, I think you should do this. And I'd be like, do not tell me yeah. what I should do yeah. because it just takes you back to like your PE teacher being like right now we're going to do four laps of the, the football field yeah. in horizontal rain yeah. on you go yeah. whilst he stands there yeah. in his office looking out the window watching the kids running around the perimeter of the football field like you know that's and you're just like that's on your terms and I won't do that on, on, on other people's terms anymore um, yeah. It reminds me of that brilliant scene in um, the film Kez. I don't know if you've seen it with the uh, football teacher. Uh -huh. um, and it's just this miserable Yorkshire um, yeah. howling pitch with a bully of a, of, a, of a PE teacher running a mock. Uh -huh. And just absolutely 
Yeah. I used to love all that. I used to, when I was at primary school, primary school was football before we started school, football break time, football lunch time, football after school, that's what we did. Doesn't matter what weather it was, sunny, raining, snow, whatever it was, Gale Force wins, like the goalpost is moving as well. We, had wee little, we used to have like jackets or coats on the sides. They'd move it, exactly, the ball used to go here and there like that. So um, I think it was growing up, very sporty. Anything. Football, we made, we made up games. I told them all types of games as well. Um, but I noticed when I was gradually getting older and older, depending on my circle of friends, if they were sporty as well, I was sporty. If they weren't, it was non-existent. And I think um, then when I older and older as well, I realised when I went to working office job, it became less and less. And there's, then there's lack of time, staying fit. Um, like you said previously as well, I never really wanted that kind of six pack, big muscles kind of build. I just wanted to be healthy. Um, just do a bit of sport here and there, to try to eat. Kind of healthy. Kind of healthy, yeah. Tried it. Cooked food? Well, mm, you know, not necessarily I'll the most a, healthy, but it's home cooked, so that makes uh, it all right. I, it's, it's, I think it's like a psychological thing. Yeah. But eat home food. Yeah. It's all right. It's good. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, so occasionally I get a takeaway or not as well, but generally it was like it was like that. But then I had a few accidents as well. I had a car accident. I put my hand a few times as well. So after that, physical health, it kind of got less and less and less. So now it's got to a point of just walking about now, or maybe running. Occasionally might do cross training or something, but I feel I like to do a bit more, but then I feel okay at the moment about it, you know? I've got to say, you're all a bunch of saints, I think, and you know, not, you're not vain or anything like that. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to be honest here. Um, as a kid, I was pig ugly. And if you don't believe me, I can show you pictures. <laughs> you know, it, it's, and that's not just me having a bad image of show but, and yeah. <laughs> And if you do want pictures, I can provide them. But you know, objectively, I wasn't very good looking. And that was pretty much, you know, that, that kind of followed through. But once I actually started losing some weight, I actually noticed people sort of looking at me every now and again. And that felt quite nice. Mm. For actually the first time in my life. So yeah, I'm vain. I didn't want a six pack because mm. I was never going to achieve that. I was mm. never going to put in the effort to get it. Mm. But to get some attention because you are better looking, mm. it's quite nice. And I'm not going to deny but that. Do you, do you think that's vain or do you think that's just feeling more accepted in, in a circle of people around you? Because vain is really, there's nothing wrong with you, yep. but you want to be above and beyond others. Mm. You've got that. I want to look better than yeah. X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I would just. My perception would be, if I was vain, um, I would want to look better than all you guys sitting here. It's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> and you would spend lots of time trying to make it happen, to wouldn't you? To make it happen, yes. yeah. I'd spend a lot of money and do all sorts, you know, to do that. But um, but feeling just comfortable, just being um, accepted, I think, perhaps, maybe. I think that's, I think, I think that's true, actually. Yeah. Um, it also coincided with the time when I actually just gave up giving a damn about these things. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't a, it wasn't really a case of you know I would be acting like a peacock or something like that. It was just really a, a sort of combination of two things yeah. um, coming together, and it was it's a nice feeling. Yeah, but now I put on to that tons of weight again. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly. Um, 
I was thinking back to what we were saying about messages growing up. This is where I feel quite lucky. My my parents were very balanced about health in terms of that if you ate in moderation and you didn't drink too much and uh, they were very anti-smoking um, due to their beliefs but um, everything else in moderation would see you you know fairly right um, and that you had to look after your body because um, from their from their foot viewpoint in terms of their faith you know you were given this life as a gift and you should respect it and look after it um, and I think those messages of moderation of what have been my of what have stuck with me through my life so I, I don't really watch what I eat to a certain point but and I and I love to drink alcohol but I don't like feeling out of control with it so I'm quite lucky with that as well um, so yeah I think moderation for me has been a, a watchword throughout and I'm no I am no saint at all when it comes to health um, <laughs> uh, or a lack of vanity to be honest but um, it, uh, it works for me because then you're not under a lot of pressure to uh, to really be too worried about body image to be too worried about you know the amount of pounds you're carrying about and I know that in, in the UK there is a problem with weight now you know a lot of people are moving towards obesity and that causes health problems over time uh, as man you were talking about the changes over uh, your age and I'm a bit the same I, I had a motorbike crash a few years back and it's the first time where I felt I haven't bounced back from something. And it's, you know, two or three years later, I, I still feel impacted on by that. And I'm, and I'm sure that's to do with the, the differences in recovery that you have as you get older. Um, but I have a story about this thing about being noticed as well. Because yeah. I, went, I went through life being fairly or feeling quite invisible not good looking, big thick glasses, laughed at at school for being gangly and, and uh, a bit clumsy and not good at sport as well. <laughs> but about when I was about 29, I think it was, I got my hair bleached blonde. <laughs> um, and, and was in the mid-90s? It was in the mid-90s, <laughs> yeah. Everything bad happened in the mid-90s, fashion-wise. Um, but yeah, people would people suddenly overnight would come and speak to you in, in a group of people and people would notice that you were there and it was it was so remarkable a change um, overnight that it had quite a, a big impact and it felt lovely yeah. um, because going from invisibility to being noticed um, as a man you I, I think most men secretly have a bit of peacock in them yeah. you have to because sexual attraction is about that mm. and we are sexual beings so being noticed by whoever you want to fancy you is um, is brilliant uh, especially when it hasn't happened for most of your adult <laughs> life to that point um so yeah and it was really weird and when i stopped bleaching my hair because it looked a bit ridiculous um i went back to being you know the quiet guy in the corner again <laughs> that nobody talked to um, but yes, I did enjoy it. I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think, like you say, you know, it's it's normal to be wanting to be accepted and noticed, and um, and that's okay.
Yeah. Tim, when you began to get noticed after dyeing your hair blonde, did it shift anything within you? Did it increase your self-confidence? It did. And tell us a little bit about that. So yes, I've always been shy in a social situation. Work gives me permission to talk about things, to play a role, to uh, deliver information. Uh, and there's all those permissions around work that, that make interaction much more easy. Um, but in a social setting, quite shy, don't like initiating conversations with people. And I always found that a struggle. So, you know, the whole deal about guys chatting up people in pubs, I never really got that because I, I used to think, well, how, you know, why would they want me to go and speak to them? Um, but having this experience where you didn't have to do that because people approached you um, or started conversations made life much more enjoyable. Uh, and confidence-wise, I mean, confidence in my world is where people say, right, I am a person who can do this thing and you believe in yourself that you can do it. So um, it flipped that switch for me to be able to say, right, people do want to interact socially with me. Um, I can do it. I don't do it remarkably well, and I'll do it on my terms, like you, Luke was saying, you do sport on your terms. I do chat on my terms. So, um, but yeah, confidence-wise, it was a real boost in terms of I am an adult, in a world that I don't really understand all the time, but I do have a place in it. Uh, so feeling included, I suppose, and heard is, is always a beautiful thing. Did any of you also have a moment in your life where you just began to be noticed, much like um, Tim and Stephen mentioned, where you were seen, you were heard for the first time? What did that feel like? When I got to the point where I didn't care about what people think, that's when I got noticed. So when I start, stopped worrying about how I looked or this and that, when I was more relaxed with myself, then I noticed people were looking or things happened. So I think I think when I felt comfortable with myself, and I, maybe that energy came out, yeah. and then people fed off it. <laughs> and, and how did that change you internally in any way? Um, with me, it was like it was like I just felt more at peace when I felt more relaxed, more chilled, I really guys be myself. I don't have to fit into a particular thing or any particular way, just be myself and that's what it was. I think I had a similar experience moving from so the, the aforementioned school where I didn't like anyone, um, which has been torn down actually since, so I'm quite happy about that. Rightly so. Um, they decided, so in England you have sixth form as opposed to whatever the system is, it's slightly different in Scotland. Um, so sixth form was kind of like college. Um, I was gonna stay on at sixth form at my school and then, and then they just suddenly announced, we're not doing that. So I was like, oh, okay. Well now I need to work out where the hell I'm gonna go to do my A-levels. And I ended up going to um, a school, another school in Bristol. I can't even remember why I chose this place, but it was a sixth form college. <clears throat> so everyone that was there, the majority of the people were there had been in school together from 
the age of 11. And then I'd left my school where I didn't like anyone. And I was always kind of, to some extent, sort of straddled various groups of people, but predominantly probably sat mainly in the misfits group, I would have said. Um, and never had much success with the opposite sex, all of that sort of stuff. Miserable existence, if I'm honest. And then um, went to this sixth form college, but I knew one guy who was like my best friend from primary school. I hadn't seen him for years. Um, and I sort of reconnected with him when I went to sixth form and sort of became friends with his friends. He was in quite a popular little group and I was suddenly the new kid. I was 17, just turning 18. I was like the new, the new guy. And like all of a sudden, like was just getting this attention from the girls that all wanted to talk to me. And I was like, this is a bit weird. Not used to this at all. Um, and uh, I just remember feeling like it was totally bizarre. I was like way out of my comfort zone. There was people wanting to talk to me that I was like, I'm not used to this at all. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and sorry, I was 16, 17, that's right. And uh, I don't know, I think something changed where I, I realized that I'd, I'd been around this group of people for the last six years or whatever it was that had almost conditioned me to have so much self-doubt that that's just how I felt, that's just how I viewed myself. And then when I went somewhere else where nobody knew me, I suddenly realized that actually I could just be who, uh, whoever I wanted to be. And that's kind of what I did. I was just like, well, I'll just, well, I'll just be this person. Yeah, and like, and it was hilarious because I, I spent two years there and uh, it came to the end of it. And I remember I was in a bar in Bristol and I bumped into one of the girls from my old school and she didn't recognize me at all. And then I was like, oh, I won't mention her name. And she was like, my God, I didn't recognize you at all. She ended up asking me out. I turned her down. Yeah. <laughs> it was so satisfying. So satisfying. That actually happened twice. Unbelievable. Um, but I don't know, I think it was that conditioning of like being around the same people. I think just, I don't know, man. I felt like I, 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 that was just who I was. And I felt like I was that person, not because that's how I felt about myself, but because how other people have made me feel about myself. Do you know what I mean? And then not being around those toxic people suddenly just liberated me to be just actually whoever I, who I actually was. So was it a choice to be yourself or was it a choice at that point to be someone else? And were there masks well, that's, well, that's funny because I, I, the short answer to that is I don't know because the question, I suppose the reason why I say that is was I choosing to be someone else or was the person that I was before different because of what they made me feel? Do you know what I mean? Like, was I, was I not being myself because of them originally and I wasn't allowed to be myself because I wasn't able to be myself and then I was, a, and so I, maybe I felt like I was being someone different and I was, but actually I was 
being, I was becoming myself, I think, is, I don't know if I... But I guess it's a case of, as you're growing up, this is ex things that you're experiencing, you're finding your way. Yeah. So, I mean, the only way you're going to find your way or understand the situation, understand who you are, is with your environment. And I think that environment really does mould you. And it's a case experiment, and you go in and you feel, I am part of them, and something happens, you go, oh, but I don't get, I don't get X, Y, and Z. And then you go into another place and you think, oh, maybe this is my place. And I think that happens continuously through your youth. I mean, certainly I'm sure like a lot of us at age we are, we are more kind of grounded, we know where we are, and we're kind of more acceptance of who we are in, in ourselves. But I'm sure a lot of people, as they're going through stages of life, and some people um, realise later, quite late on in, in, in their kind of, um, um, as a grown up. And I think certainly for me, um, I probably, I was kind of um, conditioned by the people that I was around, unconsciously, but I perhaps didn't realise that. And only now that, as this man was saying, you like me, you like me, you don't like me, I don't give a damn. But, um, I'm not here to please you, you're not going to benefit me and I'm not going to benefit you unless there is a commonality in terms of your values are, are similar. Um, you know, it, it's, um, I don't even give you monetary value to make you think, oh, this guy's good to know, he's beneficial to me. It's, it's free to smile to people, it's free to be polite to people, it's free to you know, if you're a wee bit down and I give you advice or you came to me or whatever, or if I've got problems, I've came to you, that's all free. That's great. And I think, moreover, I like that kind of environment. That's the kind of place I would like to be. Uh, and people that don't fit that, for now, now it's a case of, I don't have time for this carry-on anymore. I'm happy where I am. And if people understand that, they understand it. And the thing is, is not everyone's going to be on the same, you know, um, viewpoint, so you just have to accept that. Don't try to fit in, you know, it's just going to be a struggle all the time then, I guess. And do you think you came upon that realisation or that that approach in life, that mindset, because of the experiences that you went through, or was it just one particular experience that really triggered it for you? You know, it's interesting because um, one of the key things I think it gets highlighted in my mind was uh, when I met my wife. She was previously married and her previous relationship, the things that she went through, she shared her personal situation with me and I was horrified by it and I thought, what? And then how, again, in our culture there's a particular way that you have to be because the culture dictates that, you know, and although we're in the West, our parents have brought that culture with them and they try to hold on to those values and you're like, no, no, you can't. Yes, if you were where you, you were brought up, it fits that, that society, that country perfectly, but it's alien to here and here to there's alien as well. So don't mix them up, you know, if you're here, understand, start, 
kind of you know um, you have to accept where you are in the society that you're in if you can't accept that you're going to have problems yeah. and for us growing up it was always that issue of hand dealing with our culture on one hand and what we've been told and what expected of us from our parents to um, society and our friendships and our schooling and what their expectations were and how they perceived us as well. So we had to kind of try to balance both and keep both happy. It was quite difficult, but going back to my wife, um, experiences that she had and how she was isolated by the, the community that from our background, our, our culture, and I was shocked, the kind of things that she had to face up to, the criticism she faced up to, the abuse she faced up to, um, and the gossiping, it was just horrendous. And she was a single mum, so she, she, she had left her uh, husband, her ex, and she was a single mum. And the way she was stigmatised and the way she was seen she's a single mum and she's got a kid and you know it must have been her fault or whatever all these kind of horrible stories about her and what did she say she turned around and she goes you know what forget you but i won't i won't say like how she <laughs> said it but basically she goes you know if if you um i'll do this on my own i've got my own daughter and um I don't need this and she just focused that time she just she had this drive of just going by herself and looking after herself and she wasn't caring about anyone else and uh, she shut herself off and that made me think that yeah if you've got people like that that are saying those things to you the best thing is to just get rid of them don't let them um, make you feel as if you need to respond to them or don't let them affect your emotions she just completely shut off from him. And the other thing, the flip side to that is she did get a bit kind of, her, her um, pers personality was a bit harsh at times. So when I met her, I kind of did tell her, kind of ease off a bit, you know, and like, because she's not, I know how they are. So she had this perception, I know how they are, what I went through in my experiences, you know, because of these people, um, I'm just never going to accept what they say and they can bugger off or whatever it is. Uh, but it took a wee bit of time for her then to just to calm down and, you know, we had a good relationship and she was back in a good space. Um, and I think then she kind of mellowed out a bit more. But that really kind of brought it to me that, you know what, people are like that, they're nasty, I don't give a damn. And that was a changing point for me, I think. I think... Um that ability to not take other people's responsibility because it's their responsibility isn't it to and how they behave yeah yeah whether they're pleasant or they're nasty you can't really control it yeah and i think largely moving from being a boy to being a man is that's a big chunk of that because mm. if you're a boy or if you have childlike responses to things where it's not fair or mm. it's all your fault um, which I've got little kids and they do this all the time and we've got politicians who do that at the moment um, so you know you can either grow up and mature and and realize that 
you are responsible for your own actions and your own feelings and the behaviours that you deliver off the back of those. But equally, so are other people. And um, it's really freeing, isn't it? It's, it's like so much energy that you could waste on, on yeah. letting people control you because yeah. you think that's part of your stuff as well when it isn't. It's, it's really freeing, but it also makes life so much easier. Yeah. Um, and both of you have, have said about you know, it being easier not to worry about what people say about you and think about yeah. you, and you just get on and do your own thing, which is, is lovely to hear. Yeah. And it's so much more relaxed as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we should be teaching that stuff in school, um, mm. personal responsibility. I know that school and education is moving towards these things more, but um, all of us of a certain age who grew up with education in the UK, which was largely not interested in that emotional intelligence stuff, um, we missed out, I think. And had catching up to do, so yeah. Look forward to it. Um, I wondered because of my circle of friends, I have one person that's interested in physical health from a medical background because they are a doctor. Um, but I wondered if you have friends that are actually interested and talk about the process of looking after themselves. So you know, actual physical ill health and health and well-being and how you manage that, you know, whether it's by diet or exercise or medication or, you know, looking after yourselves. Because it's a topic that, you know, most of my friends just don't ever get to. I do have a friend in London who actually used to, used to work for uh, my company. Um, uh, he's the Swiss guy, the logic prevails sort of person. Um, so very sort of science led. Um, and whilst we were working together, there was a number of occasions where we would have conversations about diet and what you need to sustain yourself and what the body needs and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, I witnessed firsthand him going through what I would describe as these fads where he would do some research and discover that what he needs is this. I mean, you know, I used to watch him eat, he used to eat the most hideous things for lunch, like <laughs> a bowl of chicken soup with a handful of mixed nuts just on top with some broken up bits of pepper and just, you know, you just eat the most hideous things because it had the key things that he needed and he didn't really care about how it tasted. Yeah. He was just like, well, this is what I need to yeah. get through the day and make sure I've got the energy. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, that's horrible. Um, and then he, he went on to that Huel supplement, right? And I, I always say, like, he basically broke himself by drinking this stuff, like, where he basically, like, broke his bladder and, like, had to go to the toilet every, like, half an hour. And I was like, you, like, you need to stop doing this stuff. And then there was the time he went vegan and there was the time that he only ate meat. And, like, it was just, like, I know. Yeah. So I've watched people like that and I'm like, I can't keep up with this. Um... So yeah, that, that's about as close as it's come for me. I, you know, I think I try and do a similar thing. Like I try and cook. Yeah. So I cook a lot of the food in our house. 
Um, but I like I like nice food. Yeah. So like when I cook, I cook everything from scratch. So you know, seldom will you see us buy like a takeaway, like a a microwave meal or anything like that. It just won't happen. I won't even buy a jar of dolmio. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm like I just won't. Yeah. Um, but will I cook with salted butter? Hell yeah. Yeah. Like that stuff makes food taste good. Yeah. Um. So then I'm like, you know, and I have quite a lot of conversations with my wife about are we looking after ourselves? Should we change this? Should we adjust that? To be honest, actually, the conversations that I have the most about um, uh, sort of health actually seem to, seem to be around my parents because my dad recently had like a hernia operation and my mum's recently had an ankle replacement which I didn't even know was a thing recently until she had done. I was like, wait, so they've replaced your whole ankle apparently. It's quite a new thing apparently. Um, but they've had to do exercises. My dad was getting a bit older and before his hernia thing, he, he wanted to go on a ski trip with us and he wanted to learn how to like ski and so he was doing all these exercises so that he could do skiing and stuff. And I always admired him for that because like, you know, he's not young, like he's, yeah. he's in his seventies now. Um, it was sort of late 60s at the time when we went skiing. And he did it, you know, and, and he used to talk about the exercises he was doing and like, you know, he'd be like, oh, you know, he had this issue with his shoulder, so he had to like regularly, like, he'd be like lifting tins of beans at home and doing stupid exercises. So it was always my parents, them talking about it, and I sort of have definitely taken note that it's become more important to them now. And so that sort of registered in my head that like, I don't want it to be too late. Do you know what I mean? Like, I w I'd rather it's not going to get too late. That said, my father-in-law used to play football all the time and has had, like, three hip replacements. You know, and, like, some things are just beyond your control. You know, like, some things are just going to... Some things are just going to come and get you. Yeah. And you just, I suppose, try and make sure that when they do, you're in the best possible position to deal with that. Do you know what I mean? I've got a friend of mine, he's quite similar to your, your friend. He's a Brazilian um, capoeira instructor. Uh -huh. And he's like, trains at four or five hours every single day. He's he's a vegan now as well. I don't know what stuff you're talking about. It's some, I don't know what it is. Is it a paste or something we eat? Um, all he talks about fitness. He's always encouraging me. Even even when you talk to him, he would, while you talk to him, he would just go to the side and start doing some push-ups against a wall or something or something like that. Okay, and he's always I mean, he's quite encouraging. He's quite good that way as well. But I see to myself, I could probably do it for like. Well, I did have one kind of session with him. He was doing this one set. I couldn't keep up. Within fifteen minutes, I was done. And he goes, "That's a warm-up." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I actually thought it's a proper session in the and he goes, no, that's just a warm-up part. I was, no. So I seen him doing that, and I see how, how much a toe has on him as well. It's good, I mean, that's what he's into, it's fine, yeah. But I mean, he does get a lot of injuries here and there as well, but I'm like, too much. But like you said about the family as well, mum and dad, I look at my mum and dad as well. Um, they're both diabetic. Right. So there are circumstances, I mean, I do want, I do kind of, when I go out, I'm going to, like, I, when I drink coffee, I never take sugar. So I do them a little bit here and there, yeah. sort of thing. There's a lot of things I cut out here and there, 
but yeah, like just when you mentioned that, I kind of thought of that as well. I think it is back on mine as well. I think so because I think like your parents are a lot. You know, a lot of time you whether whether you like it or not, you end up following their path, whether you like it or not. And I do, you know, and then like oh, but as much as I see, you know, there are things that inspire me about my parents and that I admire about them and the things that they've done. Um, there's also things that you learn, I think, from them and the mistakes that they made, and perhaps the times where you go, I wish I'd, you know, if they'd have known that this was going to be them now, maybe they'd have done things differently 10 or 15 years ago. But I'm in a position to learn that now. Um, that's, that's my perception, exactly. Seeing how my parents' generation are now, you see them, they're all just sitting doing nothing and they just feel incapacitated and feel, oh, we're old now and that's it. We're meant to sit here and do nothing. And you're like, oh, no way. I hope I'm still, even if it's a struggle, but I'm still physically able to get up and do things. And like, I admire the fact that your dad, you know, at that age went to ski slopes. I think, wow. You know, just that concept of doing it, it might have been a mega struggle for him to do it, but the fact that he actually uh, had consciously made that decision to do that is amazing. Mm. Totally, so. is, that's like, wow. Because <laughs> I, you, you just don't expect it, you know, from when you get to that age to, to get into that. That seems quite extreme, you know, maybe going out bowling or something yeah. as a hobby or something, <laughs> but to go down ski slopes is like, wow, that's amazing. But really, as you're saying, you start thinking now, you don't want to be that person, but you're inspired by these kind of stories and you're thinking, I need to do it now, yeah. not not later on. If I do it now, it might become a bit easier by the time I get there. Mm. Um, but it was interesting, Usman was saying, because we know we're kind of in the same kind of group of friends. And um, this guy who does the capoeira, he's actually happy. And he doesn't do it to put it in your face, like I'm fitter than you. He's, he's actually very encouraging and he'll, he'll bring you along. It's like he's in a good place physically and he knows physically he's healthy, he's good. And he's very encouraging. He's like, just try it, just try a bit. You know, he knows not everyone's gonna be able to do what he can do, mm-hmm. you know, the squats and the chin-ups and the things. And he won't even say that. He'll, he'll be very, very moderate encouraging to say look make a little bit of a change you know an acceptable kind of level and go towards think about it you know and kind of push you that way yeah um but the other thing i think in terms of physical health it also is to do with your mental health as well for 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 us i think i realized that later on in life when i started taking my faith more seriously because one of the thing in our faith is about your spirituality because you're exercising, yeah, physically, but you're exercising yourself spiritually as well. And that obviously affects your mental health as well. And it's things like, um, there's a month that we fast, it's Ramadan, and you refrain from eating, you refrain, but it's not just the physical eating, it's all refrain from maybe cheating and silly wee, wee things or whatever, or a wee lie here and there, but just innocent lies and stuff. It's complete refraining from things. So spiritually, you're cleansing yourself. You know, you're just, your whole being is getting changed. And not just that, the fact that you're fasting, 
there's obviously I'm sure medical uh, research it says how beneficial that is physically as well because you're just stuffing your face with so much food and it's sometimes unnecessary sometimes your body needs a break and it needs to kind of respond in a different way so I think um, that aspect of it I think encouraged me to look at it the physical side and the spiritual side connecting them both together and using that as, as a positive way to go forward with my health as well and out with that month to be honest it's, it's difficult but I'm still conscious of that idea I don't um, manage to achieve it all the time but I'm conscious of it which is a start for me anyway it's like back in when you're like I can do it for a month yeah. I can continue doing it as well yeah. for the part of the as well yeah the, f the fact that you have a desire to try, I think, you know, whether you achieve it or not, but you've, you've got the idea, it makes it, yeah, yeah, I get it, you know, that kind of it clicks for you. I think having a, at least that awareness, you can work on it then. But if you're not even there, then, you know, it's going to be a whole struggle, you could just think. But yeah, I think it's, uh, for me, it's, it's two things. Uh, and the other thing, you were talking about the yoga thing. Yeah. A lot of the yoga thing, generally, my uh, kind of perception of it was it's physical and it's spiritual. It's to do with the mind. And my wife, she started getting into the kind of yoga. She does it every morning, just the kind of basics of it, basics. And it's that thing, as you get older, you become more conscious. I need to do something here. Um, and it's not just going to come to me. I'm, you know, just not words ain't going to do it. I need to physically get out there and commit to it. And she swears by it. She's like, you know, she feels lighter. Her mind feels a lot, you know, at ease. And, you know, so yeah, there's, there's things out there. Just we need to know more about it and realise the benefits of it. Yeah, for me, it was one of the signs, and I appreciate we'll talk in a later episode about mental health, but I realised I had a problem with my mental health when there was, a, there was a stage when we were doing yoga that I almost threw something at the instructor and I just thought, no, there's something not what the wiring has gone here. Yeah. You need yeah. to walk away and you need yeah. to address that. Yeah. Because normally the effect was exactly as you're describing. Yeah. But yeah. it was actually just working completely counterproductively. Yeah. Um, and that was a very good uh, early warning sign yeah. for me. Or probably yeah. a late warning sign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should consider it seriously before it's. Not that it's too late because as you described your father, just, you know, but not everyone's got that willpower. Um, so. I think that realisation that where do you want to be, maybe reflecting where, where are you going to be in your older age, just maybe question yourself about that and where are you right now, maybe a kind of gauge, you know, in terms of what you think you should do, maybe. It's important to look after yourself, not just for your, your own well-being, but also the fact that, you know, you may have dependence. Um, so I think that's important, but I, I think that what seems to be quite obvious is that um, it needs to be on your own terms. You need to find something that you want to do. So it's almost pointless getting involved in something that you hate and you're just doing it for the sake of, yeah. oh, I'm just doing this to yeah. be fair, whatever. Or um, you exactly, somebody, you know, like you're yeah. talking about your pal. Yeah. Traditionally, men in the UK of all backgrounds have 
sometimes seen it as weakness to ask when something goes wrong and I think what I would say to younger guys coming through is that you don't have to be the same you don't have to keep those traditions going of, of it being weak to worry if something's not right and ask for help so that starts with self-awareness of what your body feels like and what it does and how you generally are and if something feels different or not right you need to go and get it checked out quickly that's that will make the difference it's the difference between more women uh, being diagnosed with having cancer in the UK but more men dying of it um, so those things can be changed by asking questions finding out about health being a bit more aware and, and, and interested alongside the interest in sport and activity well, don't you think sometimes that question of asking about your health is a that masculinity thing where, yeah. oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You know, the, it's like, you, you know, that father figure of, you know, grow up, nothing wrong with you, get back to work. You yeah. know, you, you have to be hard like a guy and don't be such a lady or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. And it, it's and a, it kills people. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. In terms of health, people get into bad habits and sometimes you don't even recognize the bad habits and you can make small changes that will have a big impact and so I was thinking in the conversation I can't remember exactly what sparked it off um, we all came up here by lift um, <laughs> if I worked here at Denver I'd walk up the stairs each day yeah you know yeah but I'm sure well I might I might not I mm. might just get used to taking the lift yeah not even think about it yeah um, and in terms of bad food and all that kind of thing as well. So I think we can all make small changes mm -hmm. that will result in big changes. Yeah.